Do you need help with your journey following Jesus? Has your Bible reading brought up some interesting questions? Um, I, I need a prayer request. Is I've heard um, pastors talk about you can't get to heaven just with good deeds. I was just wondering what you guys think. Is, the, is there a correlation between the seventh trumpet and Revelations as the last trumpet, or is he talking about some other trumpet? Finally, a place to get answers. We're ready to take your prayer request and answer your Bible questions. Call in at 303-690-3000. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, welcome to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King. I'm here in studio ready to take your questions and your prayer requests. Give me a call here at 303-690-3000, or you can also text in your questions and prayer requests to 720-336-0897. Like I told you, my name is Cody King, and I am the founding and lead pastor of Redemption Calvary. Uh, We're a Calvary Chapel church that's located in the Commerce City area off of 104th Avenue, about a mile east of Highway 2 in the Reunion area is what it's known as. Uh, And we've got two Sunday morning services at 9 a.m. and 11 a.m. I'd love to have you join us uh, to to join us for Sunday morning services. You can get directions. You can listen to messages. You can also get more information about the church on our website at redemptioncalvary.org. That's redemptioncalvary.org. Also, uh, we are on Grace FM with our uh, radio program. It's called Redemption Radio. You can listen to us weeknights at 8 p.m., also on Sunday mornings at 9.30 a.m. Uh, to listen in on what we're going through there. We're going Currently, we're going through the Gospel of John uh, in our uh, radio program. Uh, and also, we are going through First uh, Timothy on Sunday mornings. And it's been a really just amazing study to go through uh, in First in Timothy uh, to be able to just take a look at uh, the church and the structure of it and what God's design is for it. Right now, we're currently going through chapter 3, and we're taking just a really slow look at uh, the qualifications of a pastor. Uh, the truth is, the reality is that in a lot of ways, our um, world has really brought the standard, brought the bar really low in terms of what it is to even be a Christian, uh, let alone to be within leadership roles within the church. And so we're taking a really slow look at that on Sunday mornings through 1 Timothy chapter 3, uh, just really looking to establish what it is to be in this position of leadership within the church and what God expects from his leaders. And so it's been an awesome time. I've, I've really enjoyed going through it, and uh, uh, we'd love to have you join us on Sunday mornings uh, as we go through that as well. Hey, I also want to welcome our listeners on Hope FM in Pennsylvania, New Jersey, Maryland, also Truth FM. You are hearing this broadcast on a one-week delay. So if you're hearing my voice right now on uh, Hope FM and Truth FM, that means that you're listening to it on a week delay. But we are still here to take your call, so please call in. We would love to be able to hear from you. We would love to be able to uh, to talk to you. So give me a call, 303-690-3000, or you can also text in your prayer requests and questions to 720-336-0897. Uh, so let's uh, now we're going to go to uh, line one uh, in, with Will in Arvada. Will, you're on the air. Hey, how's it going? Doing well. How about you? Uh, it's a bit rocky of a road, but I'm with Christ. Amen. Amen. Praise the Lord. Amen. So uh, I was, I've, been, I've been with this girl and we've had kids. We just haven't been married okay. uh, for five years. Uh, beyond that, I was previously married, and 
the situation just, it, I just didn't have the money to cover it with four kids. Okay. And I was making less than 12 bucks an hour, but it, excuses aside, I didn't deal with the divorce until now. And we, about three or four months ago, decided to separate to get closer to God because we had found a new church that we liked, and it didn't go that direction. We ended up in rebellion, like going back to sin, okay. and I don't know, like I've, I've been praying, and I've been in the Word, and I've tried to separate myself from the sins. I've recently quit doing drugs. Mm-hmm. I'm just trying to figure out, like, because I'm trying to buy a house, and her mom, who had problems in the past, got me kicked out or separated me and this girl, Morgan, like two or three times. The time she comes around, it destroys our relationship. And her sister uh, has gone to jail a few times in the last few months, and both of those people want to intercede and move into a house that I want to purchase, but they've pretty much destroyed my relationships. And now that it's recovering because of prayer and my faith in Christ, like, and trying to seek his face, I don't know how to move forward because my ex, Morgan, doesn't go to church with me, doesn't want to spend time with the kids at church or when I have the kids. So I just, I'm lost. I don't know what to do. Yeah, definitely. Sounds like a a really, just a a discouraging situation, you know, when uh, there's so many things that seem to mount up against you uh, when you're trying to, uh, to make steps in the right direction. And that's one of the things just to encourage you with is that when you decide that you're going to take that step of faith and you're, you're, you're going to say, I'm going to put Jesus first, you can absolutely be certain that the enemy is going to mount an attack, that you're going to experience spiritual warfare. And in that spiritual warfare, it's to be ready for it so that when it happens, you're not caught off guard. Um, a, a lot of times the reason we end up falling back into these kinds of sinful situations is because we haven't set up enough uh, um, guards in our lives to where we we just end up back in the same spot. You know, one of the things I think about when I think about this is uh, what it says in uh, 1 Corinthians chapter 9. Uh, as Paul is writing to the church in Corinth there in chapter 9, he's, he's addressing them from the perspective of a lot of different things that they've got going on in their lives that are just wrong. Uh, it's, a, it's a church that's filled with a lot of spiritual um, uh, spiritual gifts and uh, a lot of uh, really amazing things happening as far as that goes. But in terms of just living in sin, they're just ravaged with this over and over and over again. And one of the things he says in, in chapter 9, starting in verse 24, it says this. It says, Do you not know that those who run in a race all run, but one receives the prize? Run in such a way that you may obtain it. And everyone who competes for the prize is temperate in all things. Now they do it to obtain a perishable crown, but we for an imperishable crown. Therefore I run thus, not with uncertainty. Thus I fight not as one who beats the air, but I discipline my body and bring it into subjection, lest when I have preached to others, I myself should become disqualified. And here as we look at this, uh, what's going on here with what's happening in in 1 Corinthians 9, He's really just, you know, readdressing this thought to them to say, we are a people of faith and we need to live by faith. And that living out of our faith 
causes us to look at life from the perspective of he uses some sports analogies. He uses a boxing analogy. Uh, he uses a running or racing analogy and basically just says, I'm going to uh, live my life in such a way that I want to run my race to win. Um, and so so really, if, if there's anything to encourage you with, it's to say, there are going to be a lot of different kinds of things in your life that may try to distract you from that. But to say, God, help me to do what it says there in, in 1 Corinthians uh, 9, 26, uh, excuse me, 27, where it says, I discipline my body and bring it into subjection. That, that sometimes there just is a need for discipline. God, give me the kind of discipline to be able to, um, to not fall into these kinds of things and to move forward in my life. Does that make sense? Yes, sir. Yeah, so um, you said that you had been uh, going uh, toward, you've been going to church, and are you, st- are you still currently going to church? Yeah, actually, I'm going to a Calvary Broomfield. Great. Uh, it, it spoke a lot of life into my, you know, life. <laughs> it's, uh, the, I got baptized, I got baptized in uh, November of last year. Praise God. Actually, no, it's probably like... No, it was a year and a, it was a year from November last year. Yeah, right on. That's awesome. But, uh, I've been trying to walk with him because she came to Colorado, Morgan, my prospective other, for a good Christian man, and I've tried to live up to that, but I've been I failed at it miserably, hmm. and I didn't realize it. But now that I'm walking with him, I feel the things of the spirit, and I've been kind where I don't think it's like normal, I guess. Okay. Her, and I feel like I'm, I'm gullible, but I also believe that, you know, Christ would have done anything for any of us. You know, he washed the disciples' feet. So, like, do yeah. I invite all three of those people into my house and let whatever happens, happen? Yeah, I think that wisdom would say um, you need to focus on getting your spiritual house in order so that way you can actually minister to other people. Because right now what's taking place is you're having other people come into your life and they're pulling you right down out of your desire to, to uh, pursue the Lord. And so, uh, you know, that's that's going to be a perpetual thing that's going to take place until you get established. So the big thing to do would be you chase Jesus as hard as you can and uh, let him bring someone to you that's going to be uh, doing that as well. Perhaps it is this woman. Maybe it's not. Uh, but the the biggest thing right now is to say, I need to just chase the Lord with all I have and let him deal with the rest. Now, my curiosity is, is just for my, I, I get confused easy, is it's my family is my first ministry. Mm-hmm. And that's my four kids and her, my prospective other. I do, I want to marry her. Sure. But, you know, I, I don't want to force that either. Yeah. Yeah, it's got to be something that God brings together. Absolutely. Yeah, I would say definitely your children are your uh, responsibility. Uh, Ephesians chapter 6, verse 2 lays that responsibility directly upon your shoulders to train up your kids in the ways of the Lord. And so absolutely. Uh, As far as she goes, she's not your wife. And so don't treat her like your wife. Uh, It's one of those things to say, I want to see this happen in the future. And that's a desire I have. But you've got to be willing to lay that desire before Jesus and allow Him to put it together. Yeah, patience in the Lord is Absolutely. a hard thing for me. Absolutely, and and He will. He He He's the one who puts those things together if we just trust Him. His timing's right. His ways are perfect. Well, let me pray for you, Will. Thank you. 
Yeah. Father, I want to lift up Will to you right now and just thank you so much for the opportunity to talk to him. I pray that you would uh, encourage him and and help him to know how to organize the things within his life to make sure that he is uh, established in you and moving forward in the ways that you think are right and appropriate. And that as he uh, just gives himself over to you fully, that you would provide the strength that he needs to walk in the ways of the Lord. That, that sin would lose its grip upon his soul, that he would find true, deep Christian fellowship within his church, that he would have these men that would surround him and uh, be able to uh, encourage him uh, in, in following you and pursuing you, and that you would establish him in the faith. So, Lord, encourage him, I pray, cause Will to be able to know you deeply, and that knowing you would transform his life tremendously. Father, we love you. We uh, just pray that you'd give him wisdom to know how to navigate all these different situations and uh, to to be able to raise his kids in a way to know you well. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. In Christ Jesus' almighty name, I pray this. Amen. Amen. All right, Will, God bless you. All right. Uh, so let's go to uh, George in Greeley on line two. George, you're on Calvary Live. Oh, hi, Pastor. How are you? I'm doing well. How are you? I'm fine, except for my uh, dad died a couple of days ago, so I need a prayer for my family, please. Hmm. Yeah, I'm so sorry to hear that. That's a very difficult thing to, to struggle through. Um, yeah, uh, yeah. Let's, uh, let's pray for you. Okay. Father, I lift up George to you now. I just want to thank you for uh, his call today, and I uh, just pray that you would encourage him in uh, just the the reality of your presence. Your word tells us in uh, Matthew five that you are um, the those who mourn uh, they they have they will be comforted. Uh, and so, Lord, as as he's mourning the passing of his father, I pray that he would sense your presence being near to him. Pray that he would he would uh, sense your encouragement and just the blessing of being able to uh, to to know that you are good and that even though situations come into our lives that don't seem good, you remain good. And I pray that you would uh, cause him to be able to uh, just remember good times, uh, good memories, and that uh, he would be able to laugh and and just enjoy the memory of his dad. And that you would allow him to be able to carry on a, a godly legacy that honors you, uh, even through grief, even through the hardship and the trial. To remember that, Jesus, you have gone through everything, uh, that you know everything that we've, we endure, and, uh, and so you can be the one who comforts us. And so, Lord, we lift up George to you and pray that you would encourage him. In, your, in Jesus' name we pray. Amen, amen and amen. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. And my privilege. Okay. Have a good day. See you okay. later. All right. God bless you. Bye. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King. I am the uh, founding and lead pastor at Redemption Calvary in uh, Commerce City, Colorado. Uh, we are a, uh, a church plant. Uh, we started about, uh, f- well, we moved out. My family and I moved out here from Southern California about five years ago. Uh, we did about a year of a home Bible study right there in my living room. Uh, and then after about a year of that, we were able to transition into renting a small uh, retail space where we've been doing services uh, ever since uh, for just about four years now. It's been uh, we're a couple of weeks away from four years that we've been on uh, doing those the Sunday morning services. And we have two Sunday morning services at nine and eleven a.m. We'd love to have you join us. You can check out uh, our website, which is redemptioncalvary.org, for more information and to get directions. Uh, let's go to VB in Baltimore City. 
Hi, VB, you're on the air. Hi, Pastor. Hi, how are you? I'm fine, sir. I'm actually hearing your station, hearing this um, show for the very first time. I was driving. I pulled over to the side because <laughs> I'm really just um, at a crossroad here. I'm just, I'm just going through something here. <laughs> mm. I'm getting a little weary. I'm trying not to faint in, in my faith. Yeah. Well, uh, what's happening? I'm at a crossroad. I was just in my marriage, in my my job. Um, just my faith is just being really tried at this point. That's just that's the only way I, words mm. I can really put to it. But I'm just calling for strength not to faint. Yeah, absolutely. Hey, would you do me a favor and just turn your radio down a little bit? I think we're getting some uh, some feedback coming over the air. I uh, appreciate that. Mm-hmm. Yeah. I do. It's uh, it, it, when things in life mount up, it can be quite discouraging at times. It can be really, really painful and really, really difficult. Um, have you, uh, d- can you describe to me your relationship with Jesus? Oh, absolutely, yes. Yeah. Uh, what? Well, mm-hmm. um, so you've placed your faith in Jesus? Absolutely. Yeah. All I right. have. I have so now for well over um, forty plus years. Amen. Yes. Awesome. Amen. Yeah, that's that's so amazing. Yeah. So, um, so are you uh, are you a part of a, a local church there in, in Baltimore City? Actually, I've been doing the work of the evangelist since I was twelve, and I've been part of a startup ministry. Actually, two startup ministries here in in the Baltimore area. And um, I'm a registered nurse, and I go to work. I see a lot of sick people. I think it's just kind of overwhelming me a little bit, mm-hmm. and then, uh, it's just a little overwhelming right now. Yeah. When you when you start to see that there's a, um, uh, you know, a lot of pain and difficulty that people are enduring, you, you can wear that on your heart quite, quite heavily. Absolutely. And yeah. it's, um, this is, um, nursing is my ministry. And so, you know, it's just seeing so many people sick. And then, um, I would think I, I would, I would, I would, uh, liken, or categorize my marriage as being sick right now. Okay. And I'm just um, trying to hold on to my faith and um, just seeking God's will in His way. That's 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 all I'm, I'm doing. And I'm just, i just been a little weary the past week. Mm-hmm. Yeah, absolutely. Uh I, I completely understand uh, the thoughts that you're you're trying to convey, and just the the weariness of soul. It's one of those things that we can we can end up uh, you know feeling, uh, and it's something that can be can end up being quite difficult to deal with at times. And you know, as I think about it, um, the the Bible tells us in Galatians six nine, it says, "Let us not grow weary while doing good, for in due season we shall reap if we do not lose heart." Uh, that's mm-hmm. one of the verses that I think about in, in that, and you know what you're describing in this, in terms of uh, of this nursing that you're you're doing and and using that as a ministry. That's an amazing way to be able to blend something that is a profession with also a ministry, to be able mm-hmm. to bring God into the things that we're doing in our everyday lives. And I, I think it's really wise to do that, as well yeah, as uh, it's an amazing thing because you are able to have access to people that a lot of other people are never going to be able to uh, minister to. And so you can minister to them in in this physical capacity, but also in a spiritual capacity. Uh, and so I just want to encourage you with that thought, that to, uh, to not lose heart in that, because 
the seasons can be different. But also, you know, one of the big things that I'm, I'm considering as, as, as I'm talking through with you is that um, we've been made for uh, the idea of, of having community, that we need other people in our lives. Um, and so if you are constantly giving out and constantly uh-huh. giving out, but you are not taking in, you're not uh-huh. being filled back up, then you're going to run dry. And, and so in that, having other godly people who love Jesus and want to pursue faith in him is going to be uh-huh. one of the most important things for you to have in your life. Absolutely. And the way that the Lord has designed that is for us to, to receive that through the local church. Mm-hmm. And so if there's any major thing I could just really encourage you to, to do, it would be be a part of a local church uh, Absolutely. And, and, and just be a part of that body because they're going to be able to uh, um, love you and support you and pray with you and encourage you. And just having those other people in your life is going to, uh, to make all the, the difference in the world, all the impact in the world. And that's absolutely true. I totally agree with that. But I think what has happened with me in, like you said, pouring out so much and not no one really knowing what I'm going through. And other than today, me just pulling over and saying, I need to, I need to call in for yeah. some prayer. Nobody really knows um, what I'm going through. So, and I've been trying to fight the good fight of faith. And, you know, when you're, I guess when you're in leadership within ministry, I, I guess you, you you know, you see yourself as, you know, trying to, you know, be strong and stay strong so others can see that strength in you and draw from it. But I'm, I'm weary here. Mm, yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. Well, I, I do, I feel really strongly that one of the major things that's going to really help you through through this and, and continuing to move forward is to be able to uh, to be a part of a local church, and so I would just really encourage you to uh, to be a, a part of uh, a church there. Um, I know that there is a, a church, uh, a Calvary church there in Baltimore. Uh, that I would appreciate. I would encourage you to to check them out, uh, but also just to be able to uh, connect with the local body where you're going to be invested in and uh, continue to grow in in the scriptures. This Calvary Church, where is it located? Um, I, you know what? If you send me an email, uh, then I'll mm-hmm. be able to help you find it. Uh, you can send me an email at uh, Cody at RedemptionCalvary.org. Okay, I will do that. All right, send me an email, yes, and I then I'll, I'll find it for you, and then I'll send you a couple of links to a couple of places that you could go to church, and I think you'd have a, a great uh, experience being able to connect with some believers and be encouraged. Can I pray for you, Vivi? Absolutely. Yes. Thank you, sir. Lord, I want to thank you for VB taking the time to uh, call in today and to be uh, so uh, just moved by your spirit to pull her car over and just to cry out for some fellowship. And Lord, as, as her heart is desiring this connection to not only you, but also to your people, I pray that you would uh, lead her to the right church where she's going to be loved, to be cared for, to be invested in, and that as you, uh, as you invest in her and as you encourage her, uh, that she would be able to um, be refilled. And as your word tells us in Ephesians uh, 5, to be being filled, be continually being filled with your spirit. I pray that you'd fill her with your spirit afresh and anew. Give her the ability to continue moving forward in faith and that, Lord, you would be uh, glorified by the ministry that she performs, uh, both through work 
and and also through just being able to uh, preach your gospel uh, in the various ways that you present to her. So God, give her give her courage, give her strength, restore her marriage, and cause her to be able to keep going uh, uh, by your strength and your glory. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you, Pastor. Amen. God bless you. God bless you. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King. Uh, I'm the lead and founding pastor at Redemption Calvary, uh, which is a Calvary Chapel church here in the reunion area of Commerce City. Give me a call here uh, at 303-690-3000. You can also text in uh, your questions and prayer requests to 720-336-0897. Let's go to line one, which is Janelle in Colorado Springs. Janelle, you're on Calvary Live. Hi, it's wonderful to hear you on the air. I'm really blessed. Amen. By the way that you do the calls and everything. And um, I'm glad I got to talk to you today. I needed to find out. I What's always confused me is the story in Genesis of um, Jacob wrestling with the angel. Okay. And what confuses me about it, you know, is I've heard different takes on it. Some say, yes, he should have wrestled with the angel. Some say, no, he didn't need to. Um, And I was just wondering, what is your... I mean, people can use anything in the Bible to justify just about whatever they want to. Sure. (laughs) So I was wondering, what is your take on this? Should he have wrestled with him? Should he not? exactly what was at stake mm-hmm. and what would have happened if he wouldn't have would god have blessed him anyway sure yeah i think that's a really really good question uh I'll, we're coming up on a break so i'm going to try to answer it as precisely as i can and if we need to i'll, I'll have you hold and we'll carry over uh on the other side of the break uh, but sure. essentially what, when we're looking at genesis one of the things that we have to keep in mind is the genre of literature um, so, you know, when you're reading through the New Testament and you have the, the books of the Bible that are the, the letters like written by Paul, you know, Romans and Ephesians and those kinds of things, uh, those are going to be very doctrinally heavy and theologically heavy, and they're going to kind of tell you exactly what you should do. Whereas when you're reading through the Old Testament, and especially in this area uh, of Genesis, uh, part of that is going to be historical as well as a big part of it is going to be the the law or just the telling of the law. And so, you know, when we look through this and we see these narratives or these stories that are taking place, we're reading about uh, uh, Jacob in Genesis 32 and how he wrestles with God. And, and so when we look at this, what we're seeing is more what did happen, not so much a uh, a telling of what should happen. So as we're, we read about Jacob wrestling with God, it's not saying that you should or should not wrestle with God. I know that personally in my own life, I've had times where I've wrestled with God. And, uh, you know, I've had this struggle in, in my heart and my life. And what we see happen with, with Jacob when he wrestles with God, it says there that um, he, he ends, ends up prevailing. And then God actually touches the socket of his hip and causes his hip to go out of place and that puts him in a position of weakness to where he no longer can even physically escape. And because of that, he's now forced into a position of trusting in the Lord. And so really, that's the big teaching of that section, is that when you wrestle with God, when you fight his will for your life, then he might have to bring some sort of brokenness into your life to get you to the point to where you trust him. Yeah. Did he have to continue... 
did he have to fight to receive? Because he says, I will not let you go until you bless me. Was there some something that that caused him to have to um, prevail? Or would God have blessed him anyway? Well, I, I believe that God was blessing him. Uh, he, his inability to see the blessing of God uh, is is not the the point, you know, of, of Jacob's life. You know, God was blessing him. Everything he did was prospering. All the animals that he was um, uh, taking part, you know, of, of breeding, they were all, you know, uh, exponentially increasing his wealth in that terms and, and all that kind of stuff. So it wasn't necessarily that God would not have blessed him. I believe he already was. The the thing was that he was afraid of, of confronting his brother because he knew his brother was stronger than him. So, um, so I hope that answers your question. And uh, we'll uh, we'll catch you another time. Thanks so much. All right, God bless you. If you're God listening to Calvary you. Live. Call me at three zero three six nine zero three thousand. I'd love to hear from you. Welcome back to Calvary Live. Give us a call at 303-690-3000 or text us at 720-336-0897. Let's join Calvary Live right now. Hey, my name is Cody King. I'm here in studio uh, hosting Calvary Live with you today on this beautiful, snowy Colorado day. Um, it's been so great to get some moisture finally coming down from the sky. Uh, it's so beautiful to see it. You know, one of the things I think about when I think about snow is how these snowflakes are individually uh, perfect geometric shapes, and none of them are the same as the previous ones, and they fall from the sky, and we just sort of push them aside as this annoyance or whatever, you know, on our driveways or on the roads or whatever, and God, yet God creates them with such precision and beauty. What an amazing thing, and so too it is with you and me. That God has created each person individual and unique uh, with with such beauty, and and it's uh, we we are so much more valuable than just a snowflake. That our lives are not just here for a moment, but we will be uh, going on for eternity. And so, I just want to encourage you with that thought today. That if you haven't placed your faith in Jesus, that today is the day to do that. And uh, if you have uh, yet to do that, then give your life to Jesus because you are an eternal uh, soul who lives in a body. And there is a real, uh, there's a real heaven, and Jesus wants to take you there. So uh, give me a call here at uh, 303-690-3000, or you can also text me at 720-336-0897. Uh, we do have a text uh, message that came in. It says this, I see a lot of churches these days singing songs produced by Bethel Music, a subsidiary of Bethel Church. Normally, I'm not too concerned about the theology of a singer-songwriter as long as their lyrics are doctrinally sound. However, in the case of Bethel Music, I feel that supporting uh, by singing in corporate worship of their music is directly supporting their ministry, which I believe is heretical. How does one reconcile this? Can we sing songs written by those who have questionable doctrine without compromising our own offering of worship? Hey, I think that's a really great question. I think it's something that is really worth thinking about, is what are we singing and what is the theology that supports and backs up this, uh, th- these things that we're singing? Is it doctrinally sound? Is it true? Um, and, and we want to make sure that we are singing things that are going to glorify and honor God. 
Uh, I think some of this has to do with preference, and some of it has to do with theology. Um, in this, uh, personally, when I look at this in terms of the idea of Bethel music, I, I don't necessarily sing all of their songs. There are some of their songs that I don't want to sing because I don't necessarily agree with them theologically. Or perhaps there's a way that you can rephrase some of the, the wording in order to make it theologically sound. And, you know, it's just one word or one phrase. Uh, so I've done that in order to be able to to feel comfortable singing the song within church or things like that. Um, but but some of it is just in, in terms of whether or not you uh, you like the particular style or not. And so uh, I don't necessarily think that uh, by singing their songs that you are supporting some sort of heretical uh, theological concept. Uh, I, I don't know. I don't know that I would put Bethel music uh, or Bethel church into the category of heretical. Uh, although there are some questionable theological things that come out of there. So that's uh, one of those uh, to each his own kind of a thing. Uh, and uh, just be careful about what you are singing. We want to sing sound theology when we're singing it uh, to the Lord. Um, so let's go to Tina in Aurora on line two. Hi, Tina. This is Cody. You're on Calvary Live. Well, hello, Pastor Cody. Bless you. Hi. Pastor, I called in after hearing VB on the phone. Yeah. And um, I, I wanted to give her the word that came to my heart hearing, hearing her story. Um, Number one, I identify with VB very much. Um, I have, in my lifetime, been one of those give, 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 out, 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 sure. and came to a point where I was empty. Hmm. And, I, and, and through that process, two things I learned that I wanted to share with her is that Christ already knows where she's at, and he is here to help her. He sent the Holy Spirit to help her and guide her, which, God be praised, she listened today to the word of the Spirit to call into the show. Fantastic. That's awesome. And I want to encourage her to take it a step further. The step further being that I encourage her to, to do as you encouraged her, to reach out to other people in the body of Christ that she knows are grounded in the Lord. Yeah. And and expose her weakness with them for prayer, because until she does that, it's a, it, at least for myself, it was a prideful stance that I had. I was doing these things. I hmm. was doing this. I was trying to be the Lord's hands and feet. I, I, I. But I came to a realization that he wants us to have helpers. He wants us each to help one another. And through it, I also learned that it gave me the perspective of being the broken person, fearful of sharing where I was, yeah. that all the people she interacts with are likely to be in some phase of that fear of sharing. So this is a teaching moment by by Christ for Vivi to grow her to be a stronger voice for him where she already is planted. Amen. Yeah, and Tina, I, I think that's really, really great, you know, just what you're saying, that I, I, I really hear what you're saying, and I think that your insight into the idea of pride being one of those issues that stops us from letting other people in is a major thing. We tend to not put pride in that category, right? We, we, right. we think that, well, I'm just trying to do my best and be strong. Well, you're not strong. That's the reality. 
And That's once, the reality of it. Yeah, once I get to the end of myself, then I'm able to find the strength of Christ in me. It's Christ in me, the hope of glory, not me in me. Um, and, it, I, and I wanted to encourage her that this place where she is, is right now and, and feeling um, depleted and her faith is shaken. Many of the people in the Bible had their faith shaken. Yeah. But the Lord will meet you where you are. Amen. And sometimes he brings us to those places to grow us. And she sounds like an amazing woman of God. And I just wanted to encourage her and let her know that I will be praying for her, and I'm sure many of your other listeners will be praying for her. And God bless her, and God bless you for the show. Amen. Amen. Thanks for calling in, Tina. I appreciate it. All right. We are uh, on. Uh, we are live here in studio, taking your calls and questions at uh, Calvary Live. You can give me a call at three zero three six nine zero three thousand, or also text in your uh, prayer requests and questions to seven two zero three three six zero eight nine seven. We're going to go to line three and an anonymous call fr- uh, from Greeley. Hi, this is Cody. You're on Calvary Live. Hello, are you there? All right, looks like we lost that call. Um, all right, so you can give me a call here at 303-690-3000 uh, or send in a text or uh, for a prayer request or question uh, for th- uh, 720-336-0897. That uh, caller on line three was uh, calling in with a prayer request um, uh, about uh, someone's son who got into a car crash. Uh, and so we want to be able to uh, pray for that. So let's let's pray for that. Lord, we want to lift up this family to you uh, that is is just undergoing quite a bit of tragedy with uh, a, a son in a car crash and also a daughter's husband that has, uh, has left her a couple of weeks ago. Lord, we pray that you would be near to this family, that you would encourage them and bless them with your, your Spirit's presence, that God, you would bring all of the broken pieces back together in a way that only you can, and that your name would be glorified in, uh, in this, these ways, that uh, Jesus, you would be exalted, you would be lifted up, and that we would see how you can do whatever, uh, whatever we can't, that you're able to, to reach further than we can and uh, accomplish more than we could on our own strength. So Lord, we lift them up to you in Jesus' name. Amen. All right, uh, so uh, one of the text questions that came in for us today was asking for prayer. Uh, this person uh, is saying, please pray, I heal from, uh, uh, I think it's being neglected and rejected. Uh, I've had a hard time trusting Jesus. I have a hard time uh, controlling thoughts because I'm scared, and then it uh, sort of drops off there. Uh, but I just want to be able to pray for this person. And if you're listening, I just want to encourage you with a thought that um, we have a, a tendency to take the hurts and the failures of people and to project them on the Lord. But but what I want to encourage you with is that Jesus is actually better than you imagine. He's actually greater than you could think. He's he's better than what you could uh, actually uh, uh, think up or describe. And so as we step into this idea of trusting Jesus, sometimes it's hard because we wonder, well, is Jesus going to fail me the way that they did? They told me they wouldn't hurt me. They told me they wouldn't fail me. 
and yet they did. And so uh, I just want to encourage you with this truth and reality that Jesus is better than, uh, than those other people. And so even though they have hurt you, you can trust Jesus. He is trustworthy. He's better than you can imagine. So uh, let's pray for uh, this person together and uh, lift them up uh, in the name of the Lord. God, we want to bring to you uh, this, this person who brings this text question to us. And we just ask that you would uh, bring encouragement to them, that you would cause them to be able to experience your great love overwhelming them even now, that they would know that you are there with them and, and that they would experience what it is to just trust in you in a deeper, more profound way, that they would see that the way that you, uh, li- that the way you are for them uh, is something that they can lean upon and, and actually put weight down upon, and that as they trust you a little bit more and you show yourself faithful to them, them, that they will see that they can trust you even more. God, uh, please be near to them and encourage them by your spirit, we pray in your name, Jesus. Amen. Amen. One of the other thoughts that I had in that is just this idea uh, as we were praying, um, just that if you can trust Jesus with your eternity, then you can trust him with anything else. And and so we, we can't fall short of trusting the Lord with things that are uh, happening in our lives uh, here and now. Um, and say that we trust him with our eternity, that, that just doesn't go together. That doesn't work together. Because I trust Jesus with eternity, I can also trust him with the, the small things that happen here and now. Hey, my name is uh, Cody King, uh, and I am the lead and founding pastor at Redemption Calvary, which is a, a Calvary Chapel church in the reunion area of Commerce City right here in Colorado. Uh, we are located on uh, 104th Avenue, about a mile east of Highway 2, and we've got two Sunday morning services at uh, 9 and 11 a.m. I'd love to have you join us there. You're uh, welcome to uh, to drop by. If you do, say hi to me. I'd love to know that you heard us on the radio, and that is why you have come by. You can get more info at redemptioncalvary.org. Let's go to line one and Jessica in Pennsylvania. Hi, Jessica. You're on Calvary Live. Thanks so much. First, I want to say, like, thank you for doing what you do, because I do appreciate being able to speak with a pastor Amen. like this. Um, but, yeah, so I was just listening in, and I heard about, um, you guys were talking about marriage, and uh, specifically gay marriage. Okay. And um, my question was really about uh, myself, because I, I, have, I have a child. I had a child out of wedlock. Okay. And, um, you know, my boyfriend and I are currently living together, and, but we're not married. And I just want to, like, from your standpoint, because I never even thought about the fact that, you know, it really, it, when, a, when a pastor marries a couple, they really are kind of putting God's stamp of approval on that marriage. Sure. And I just wanted to know, like, what's your advice? Like, yeah. Because I'm already in a situation, honestly, where it wasn't, I don't know, I kind of feel a certain way about myself being in the situation, but... Yeah. What would you recommend? Yeah, I think that's a really, really good question. I think that, you know, e- even the way that you frame the question, I think, is is really important for us to consider. It's, it's that right. our culture is not thinking this way. Um, right. And so we're not really, you know, there are, there are entire generations of people being raised outside of these thoughts. And, and right. so when you hear this, it's like, oh, there's a different way to do this? Um, I hadn't really thought about this before. You know, this just kind of seemed like what we should do, you know. Um, right, yeah. And it, and it, more and more in our culture, this is just the way it's been, you know. 
uh, hey, you gotta, you know, you gotta make sure that you try out this relationship before you jump in full full steam ahead, and uh, you got, you know, let's move in together, and then we'll test test it out and see if that works. And the right. truth is, what I think that we're we're doing culturally um, is we're actually practicing for divorce. We're, we're making it easier for divorce to take place. And the reason is because we are we're sort of having these halfway committed relationships. And as we have these half committed relationships, it's a lot easier to get in and out of them, even you know even though we may have some things that are are binding our lives together a little bit, like maybe you know you buy a house and both your names are on you know the mortgage, exactly. or you have kids and so both you know both of you contribute to to children, those kinds of things, and yet those things fall short of actually causing us to be able to experience what God has created when He created marriage. You know, one of the things I think about in, in terms of marriage that is a really, really important concept to grasp, it's in Ephesians chapter 5, which is kind of the, the typical, you know, go-to section when you think about marriage. Uh, it's uh, Ephesians chapter 5. It's the, the most common teaching section uh, on marriage. And one of the things that it says there in uh, Ephesians 5, verse 32, it says this, This is a great mystery, but I speak concerning Christ and the church. Now, what he's saying there is that the mystery is marriage, that you take two people and you put them together and they become one. That's a mysterious kind of a thing. You know, that's, that's not something that just takes place. It's a lot more than living together. It's a lot more than, you know, uh, signing a contract that the state recognizes. There's something else taking place within this marriage relationship. And it's a great mystery. It's actually a miracle that only God can perform by putting them together. In fact, Matthew uh, 9, 16, uh, Jesus says, so then they are no longer two, but one flesh. And therefore what God has joined together, let not man separate. Again, it says this something similar in Mark 10, 9. And so as you're considering this, it's a miraculous relationship that God forges, that God puts together, and that happens when you commit yourselves together at a wedding. Uh, that's the way that God designed it. In fact, when you look in Genesis chapter 2, God performs the first wedding ceremony, right? He takes Adam, puts him to sleep, makes Eve, and then he brings them together and puts them together as husband and wife. And so I think, you know, culturally, we've got to exalt this this institution of marriage. And one of the things that we see biblically is that there, in, back in Ephesians, the verse that I read you, that it's a, a great mystery. The second half of that is that the, the mystery is not only the, the two people becoming one, but it's also that it's a representation of something else. That the people getting married aren't just representing themselves, they're actually representing Jesus and his church. And that yeah. the relationship that Jesus wants to have with his church. And so if it's this sort of like, we, we're kind of together, we're kind of not together, I'm sort of in, I'm not really in, I could leave at any time, I'm not really fully committed, that's not the kind of relationship that Jesus has committed to you. And so that's not the kind of relationship that, is, uh, that we should be putting ourselves into uh, in a, a, like a sort of marriage kind of relationship. Right, yeah, yeah. 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 So what I would what I would uh, encourage you to do is uh, there's a, a couple of different things that I would encourage you to think through and, and to figure out is one um, 
having lived with somebody and having a child with them doesn't necessarily constitute marriage. It doesn't mean that you need to be married. Um, and so I would encourage you to just think through that. Should should we get married? That, that's a question that, that you should probably ask. And the, one of the best ways to ask that question in a, a very um, uh, objective kind of a way is to do so by getting some pre-marriage counseling. If you believe that you're moving toward that direction, then, uh, then you know, uh, most churches are going to offer some sort of pre-marriage counseling where they're going to walk you through some different things. Uh, and that's going to be part of the process is determining should we actually get married. Uh, the second part of that is as soon as you feel convicted by the Lord about something that's sinful in your life, right now is the right time to repent, not later. And so uh, I would just encourage you that the, the, the simple fact that you're calling in shows that God's Holy Spirit is working within you to bring you to the position where you're willing to abandon the ways of the world and go toward the things of the Lord. And that's, that's going to require some hard things. You know, repentance yeah. is going to require changing direction, which means I can't keep going the way I'm going. I got to go a different way. Uh, and so yeah. I, I would just encourage you with those thoughts. You know, it's, it's probably going to include, I mean, if, if you were sitting here in front of me and, and I was meeting with you and, and your, your boyfriend, the f- very first thing that I would say is I need to see you guys find a different living arrangement. Um, you yeah. could, I've had lots of people say, well, we'll just commit to saying that we're not going to sleep together. We're just going to live in the same home to which I would say, yeah, I, I understand that thought. But one, I, I know that I know myself. And so I know you, I don't know that you're necessarily strong enough to do that. Uh, secondly, um, you're, that's not a good example to the other people who are around you as you profess Christ. Yeah. Yeah, Your kids included. Right. And so, uh, that's the first thing that I would say is probably on the, the top of the list of stuff that needs to be set in order. Okay. Okay. All right. I do thank you for your advice. Thank you so much. Yeah, absolutely. Do you mind if I pray for you? Yes. Please, right. thank you. Father, I thank you for Jessica just uh, taking the moment to call in. And, and just as your Holy Spirit is obviously working within her, I pray that you would give her the clarity and the conviction and the courage to do what she knows is right. Uh, that you would not only give her that direction, but you'd give her the, the ability to do it. Show her how. Give her the wisdom to know how to put all these things together. And that uh, as she and her boyfriend decide what should we do in this relationship, that they would put you first. And if you would bring them together in marriage, that they would be able to look back many years from now and say, God did such an amazing work then. Uh, here's our testimony of his glory. Uh, so we pray these things in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Thank you. Yeah, thanks for calling in, Jessica. God bless you. Thank you. You too. Bye-bye. Bye-bye. All right, you're listening to Calvary Live. My name is Cody King. I'm the uh, pastor at Redemption Calvary right here in Commerce City, Colorado. Uh, We would love to be able to uh, uh, take your phone calls here in studio. You can give me a call at 303-690-3000 and also send in text uh, text messages to 720-720. 336-0897. Just a quick word on that text message line. Nobody's answering that, so if you do try to call it, uh, it's just going to ring and ring and no one's going to answer, uh, but you can send in uh, text messages. You can also tune in to Redemption Radio at 8 p.m. on weeknights, except for Wednesday due to the live service. So that's Monday, Tuesday, Thursday, and Friday at 8 p.m. Also, Sunday mornings at 9.30 in the morning, you can tune in and uh, listen to Redemption Radio. We're actually going through right now the Gospel of John. It's a pretty tremendous and uh, exciting study. Uh, Very, very impactful and life-changing for us. Uh, Let's go to Alex on line two. Alex, you're on Calvary Live. 
Hey, Bucks, how's it going? I'm well. How are you? Uh, good. Uh, a question, I suppose. Um, what does blaspheming uh, the Holy Spirit look like today? Yeah, I think that's a that's a great question. Um, let me let me just look up this verse real quick for blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, um, and, and you know, just kind of talking to it real quickly. Um, the idea of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, a lot of people think that it's this thing where you are, um, you've done this certain kind of sin, or if I, you know, um, somehow, um, um, offend the Holy Spirit enough, uh, then I'm going to be, um, uh, you know, uh, doing something that somehow God abandons me for or whatever. But really the idea of um, blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, I'm going to turn to the verse here. It's in uh, Mark chapter 3. Let me turn there. I'll go with it. My Bible here too. Sure, go for it. Uh, Mark chapter 3, and uh, in verse 28, um, Jesus is speaking and he says, Assuredly, I say to you, all sins will be forgiven the son of men, sons of men, and whatever blasphemies they may utter, but one who blasphemes against the Holy Spirit never has forgiveness, but is subject to eternal condemnation. Um, and that, so that's Matthew chapter, uh, excuse me, Mark chapter 3, verses 28 and 29. So when we're thinking about this idea of blasphemy of the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, you read these verses and you think, man, this is a big deal. What in the world is going on here? Um, and the reality is, that what what uh, Jesus is talking about is uh, that there are these kinds of blasphemies that people um, they they commit, and and we sort of understand that if if you have a, a testimony where you know you uh, had a life that was apart from God uh, up to a certain age, and then you you have this shift in your life, like I got saved when I was seventeen. I can remember in my life when I lived in blatant blasphemy against God. My sister got saved before I did. And um, I remember just really making fun of her for her faith and uh, coming down on her and trying to um, uh, discredit her faith. And as I was as I was doing this, I was really blaspheming the Lord. Um, I, I was making fun of Jesus as if he was some un, unbelievable thing that didn't exist. Um, and, and so my life was filled with blasphemy. And then you read a verse like this that says, well, man, what, what, is it, what does it mean to blaspheme the Holy Spirit, you know, and, and what is that? Well, in truth, in reality, what Jesus is referring to is that the Holy Spirit has a very, very specific kind of ministry that he performs, uh, that we are told uh, that he, he has come to convict the world of sin, of righteousness, and of judgment. And uh, that is the, the ministry or the work of the Holy Spirit. You can find that in John chapter 16, verse 8, that that's what the Spirit does. And, and so when we see that work be, that's happening, when we rebel against the Holy Spirit's conviction to bring us to repentance in Christ— then we are rebelling against the only thing that can bring us salvation. And that's what it is to blaspheme the Holy Spirit or to commit the unpardonable sin, as other people like to place it. Uh, The only sin that Jesus can't forgive is the one that you won't uh, confess. Uh, And so if you will harden your heart in rebellion against the Lord, then you're going to be in a position where he's uh, he, he's he cannot forgive that sin because you won't bring it to him in repentance and confession. Um, so that's the idea. That's uh, uh th- that's being uh, conveyed there. Does that does that kind of answer the question a little bit? Okay, 
Yeah, yes, sir. I was just, you know, I was kind of maybe at the, uh, the, the impression that maybe it was like an offense against somehow the Holy Spirit. You know, maybe, um, you know, I was, uh, as I said, in my life, I was, you know, uh, very much convicted, I feel like, by the Holy Spirit, uh, you know, so much so that I'm like prostrating and weeping and, hmm. um, you know, confessing my love and all the, all those things. And, um and then, you know, but I'm kind of a slow starter, I suppose, as well. Like, it takes me a while to maybe change the shape and condition of my life. Yeah. And and maybe, you know, there, there was like, well, this can hold, this can, this can wait for a second, you know, while I maybe satisfy these other things, you know, check these other boxes before I really commit to, to this other path, I suppose. So, um, yeah. Yeah. And I think it can be concerning of, when you start thinking about this idea, you know, but the reality right. is that um, once you've received salvation in Christ, then you're on the other side of doing this, right? I mean, you can resist the Holy Spirit, you can quench the Holy Spirit, uh, but okay. if you're in Christ, it's not going to be possible for you to blaspheme the Holy Spirit in this sense. Does that make sense? Okay. Yes, sir. Yeah. So I would just encourage you with that thought that, that yes, there is this quenching of the Holy Spirit by not by resisting Him, by not listening to Him. He's got this you know internal... Um, kind of way of leading you. First uh, Corinthians chapter two says that we have the mind of Christ because the Holy Spirit lives in us, and so we we know that we have the the leading and direction of the Holy Spirit in our lives. But it's still possible to not listen to Him, right? I can right, right. I can completely ignore Him and try to push Him down. You know, it's like uh, I remember you can feel your energy kind of move in your body. Totally, like it goes from maybe your heart to like a different part of your body. You yeah, know, from like your, to the top of your head. No, maybe like when you're in meditation, deep meditation, you feel like the top of your head tingle or your heart start to open or something. But then if you actively push it to other areas, you know, maybe you maybe you have aggression or maybe you have lust or something like that. And you can feel it moving to, to a different part of your body. And it feels like you're almost like a physical severing of that connection. You yeah. Know? Yeah, absolutely. I, I totally I, I totally know what you're talking about with that. I mean, I, I know what it's like to, you know, I, I've had multiple times where God has, has spoken clearly to me that I need to, t- to preach the gospel to somebody. I need to tell them about him. And I'm just wrestling with him. And I'm like, I don't want to say nothing. And there's no way I'm going to go talk to them. Right. And, and I just feel this sense of I'm quenching the Holy Spirit. And so uh, I just encourage you with that thought. So, hey, man, God bless you. Okay. We got to go. Right, you hear the music. Thanks a lot, Pastor Cody. I All appreciate right. it. Yep, see ya. Hey, thanks for uh, calling in today on uh, Calvary Live. It was great to be able to talk to you today. Um, I... Uh, my name's Cody. Uh, I'm from uh, Redemption Calvary here in Commerce City, Colorado. Uh, we have two Sunday morning services at 9 and 11. You can check out our website at redemptioncalvary.org. Until next time, may you, the, may you grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ.